Hello, and welcome to the Calvary Road Baptist Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Paul Shirley, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen. Each week, we will be releasing sermons and studies delivered directly from the pulpit at our church. Our goal with this podcast from Calvary Road Baptist Church is to make the gospel and sound biblical preaching more available to a wider audience. We hope that these sermons will be a blessing and an encouragement to you each week. As the scripture reads in Psalm 119 and verse 116, Uphold me according unto thy word, that I may live, and let me not be ashamed of my hope. Now, let's hear from God's word. 2 Samuel chapter number 9, let me read a familiar story to you, and we'll look at uh, some scripture here that I hope will be a help to you tonight. The Bible says this in verse number 1 of 2 Samuel Chapter number nine, let me go ahead and get it here. Bible says, and David said, is there yet any of the house, is there it? Let me try that again. And David said, is there yet any that is left? There we go, the house of Saul, that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake. And there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they called him unto David, the king said unto him, art thou Ziba? And he said, thy servant is he. And the king said, is there any yet of the house of Saul that I may show uh, the kindness of God unto him. And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son, which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel, in Lodabar. Then king David sent and fetched him out of the house of Machir, the son of Emil, from Lodabar. When the Bible says, Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come to David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said Mephibosheth, and he answered, Behold thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake. What a wonderful verse that is. And will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. And he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am? The Bible says in verse 9, Then the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said unto him, I have given unto thy master's son all that pertaineth to Saul and all his house. Thou, therefore, and thy sons and thy servants shall till the land for him, and thou shalt bring in the fruits of thy master's, that he may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, thy master's son, shall eat bread always at my table. Now, Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. You're doing good. I'm going to read you your chapter for today. You get caught up on your Bible reading. Then Ziba said unto the king, According to all my lord the king, hath commanded his servant, so shall thy servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. Now here's a verse that's got my attention tonight, verse 12. The Bible says, And Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. Now, you know that's the correct pronunciation because if you cross-reference this with 1 Chronicles chapter 8 and verse 34, it gives the lineage of Saul and Jonathan and Mephibosheth and it spells his name different there as Micah. And so, whose name was Micah. And all that dwelt in the house of Ziba were servants unto Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he did eat continually at the king's table and was lame on both of his feet. Heavenly Father, I thank you tonight. Lord, thank you for already answering our prayers in this service. Lord, we prayed for the presence of God to be here tonight. Lord, I'm thankful that we've been able to feel you. We don't deserve that. Lord, what kind of man does that for somebody like us? Lord, I, I think 
a Lord, a, a wonderful man, a gracious man. Lord, not just a man, but a gracious God that would do that for somebody like us. And we're thankful, Lord, tonight for who you are. I'm thankful, Lord, that Peyton was in her room today singing about you and how that you're real. And I thank you, Lord, that on a regular basis that you manifest yourself to us to remind us of your goodness and your glory. And Lord, I sure am thankful for that. Tonight, would you take the word of God, Lord, and I pray that you'd do with it what we cannot do. I pray, Lord, that I'd be a servant and a vessel tonight which you'd speak through. Father, I don't, uh, Lord, I don't want to speak on my own behalf, but I want to speak on yours tonight. And I want to glorify you, Lord, and I pray that you'd use me. I pray that you'd anoint me. I pray that you'd help us to be spirit-filled hearers tonight and we'd respond to whatever the Spirit of God would want to say to us. It's so good to know you and to be part of your family. I'm thankful that you always win, God, tonight. I pray that you'd get victory for your glory in this service. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen and amen. Tonight, I want us to look here at this story. Mephibosheth, the Bible says in verse number 12, had a young son whose name was Micah. Now, it's interesting because, forgive me, because I have a son whose name is Micah. Now, uh, he was so, so uh, sad not to be here. He loves you guys and loves this place, and he's got a job now. And so today, just to be an encouragement to him, we was at the Cheesecake Factory, his favorite place, and I sent him a picture of my dessert, and uh, it, he was grieved. And me and Brother Paul was just reveling in the joys of being there. Finally, he said, would you stop it? And so then we took a picture together and sent it to him, and he said, y'all make a cute couple, and uh, I'm going to kill him when I get home. So he's, uh, he's got some spiritual deficiencies, but uh, your children are a blessing. Today... As I said, me and Link got introduced to each other, and he sat on my lap. We had a good time until he got a hold of the fork. And when he got a hold of the fork, I about lost my eyes several times. He's going, doo, 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 my face, I was just dodging, you know. <laughs> he's a good kid, you know. I didn't want to uh, offend him, but he kept trying to stab my eye out. We had a good time with that. And finally, before we left, he kept sitting at the table beside me, and he said, chair, chair, chair. And I said, yeah, you can sit right there. And before we left, Brother Paul looked over, and there's another uh, table and chair set for folks that are coming in with silverware already rolled up, waiting for the, you know, to be seated. And, he, and he, he picked up the plate and just had it and was going, licking the plate. Just getting it ready, saturate, moisturizing that plate for the next people that come along. It was wonderful, wonderful. They were so glad we were there today. We had a great, great time. So uh, it, was, uh, it was a joy. Kids are wonderful. And so Micah here was Mephibosheth's son. And you know what? The only son of Mephibosheth uh, tonight kind of got my attention in this text. And, you know, I believe for all intents and purposes, this was Mephibosheth's only son. And whether he was born before or after, uh, the residence in Jerusalem is not, can't really be ascertained from Scripture. But we believe this to be the only son of Mephibosheth. And I'll say this about Micah and about just kids in general. Uh, not a lot of context is given to his life surrounding this young man. But you know what? Most kids, as kids are, they're often prone to curiosity. How many of you know that? How many of you have kids or maybe grandkids or... Uh, you know, you see younger kids, and they are prone to be curious about things in their life and in their surroundings. And if you don't put a lock on it, or if you don't, uh, you know, deter them from it, uh, man, they will get involved in it, and they will just get up in your business. They're curious. Kids are curious. You know, how many of you know kids ask a lot of questions? Oh, my goodness. Their favorite questions, why? You know, why, why, why? I remember Maddie used to ask that all the time, and I thought, I'm going to tell you why in just a minute, but you ain't going to be able to speak again if you ask again. You know, I'm going to help you. I'm going to take your tongue and cut it out of your head. But, uh, yeah, amen. I know you, you wouldn't think that way, but after why, 27,000 times, just the curiosity over and over and over again. 
But you know what? They just want to know. It's, it's not just good enough for them to sit around and look. They got questions. You know what? And I believe that even though culturally it was a different day, I believe the curiosity was the same inside of Micah. And you know what? I believe those times in his little life that as he grew up the way that he did, I believe that he sat around probably talking to his dad. And, and I don't know this for a fact, but you know, just knowing the way that kids are and how they think, I believe that's the day that Micah probably sat down and he began to look around him. He began to see the, you know, man, all the, the things that he was surrounded by and, you know, the, the, the palace that they lived in and the, the provision that they enjoyed every day and just the great life that he lived. And I imagine that he probably asked his dad one day, Mephibosheth, he said, hey, dad, he said, how, how did we end up in this place? And, you know, how do we end up in a place like, you know, a king's palace? And really, it was probably all that he had ever known in his life. But he, you know, said, dad, how did we get here? Uh, how do we enjoy the life that we live today? And I believe Mephibosheth's response may have been something like this, and it's what I want to preach about tonight. I believe Mephibosheth probably looked at his son, and he said something like this. He probably said, son, you could have had a really different story. I believe that he looked at his boy and said, son, you don't have any idea how we ended up here, but I believe you need to know, son, that you could have had a really different story. I want to preach on that thought for just a minute tonight, on you could have had a really different different story and as you think about this little boy and you know what the good thing about my life is this all I've ever known is the goodness of God I'm a second generation Christian my kids are third generation Christians but all I've ever known in my life is the goodness of God I've never known what it was like one day in my life to step foot in a public school you know just because the grace of God I grew up in a home and was homeschooled uh, half my life and uh, then when I become in junior high, uh, you know, dad come off the mission field and I was put in a Christian school. You know what, all that I knew all the time, even when I didn't want to, was memorizing Bible verses uh, for, you know, for grades in Bible class, uh, being a part of youth camps, being a part of youth rallies, growing up in a Christian home. And all I knew was the goodness and the blessings of God. And let me just say this to you. If that's all you know tonight, you ought to thank God for that. You have a goodly heritage if that's how you grew up. Because I'm going to say something to you. Some people did not. Some people did not grow up in the goodness and the grace of God. Now, they've been recipients and beneficiaries of God's goodness, but they did not know what it was like to grow up in that. Some people are first-generation Christians, but I was not. And you know what? Neither was this young man growing up in the life that he did. What kind of provoked this thought tonight, and re really th this idea, I, I was at a camp in West Virginia over the summer, and the, the preacher's granddaughter got up to sing a song, and the, the song was called, Nobody Loves Me Like You Love Me. And she started singing, and in the verse, man, I mean, the Spirit of God was stirred in the camp as he was just a minute ago, and it, the little girl stood up and she sung this, she said, story, that's how the verse started, it said, story, I could have had a really different story. But you came down from heaven to restore me and forever save my life. Man, me and the preacher was sitting there. He was crying. I was crying. And I looked at him and I said, man, I said, how about your granddaughter up there singing? I said, you know, she could have had a really different story. Boy, and that tore him all to pieces. And I said, preacher, we could have had a really different story had it not been for the day that God come walking to the door of my life. How amazing that that is. And you know, I'm not sure that it was the case, but you can't, uh, I can't confirm it, but you can't deny it with Scripture because we don't have evidence of it. But I believe going back to that conversation that 
if you were to sit him down and think, boy, this is a different kind of question that he's asking, and son, he said, let me just tell you some things. Let me, let me just tell you my heart here. that you, Son, you could have had a really different story. And I believe he started giving him some reasons. Kids want reasons as to why. Because I said is not good enough anymore. And they want to know why. Why? Well, uh, why, Dad? Why could my story have been so much different than this? And I believe you would have said these things to him. Number one tonight, I believe you would have said, you could have had a really different story had it not been for the king's promise. For the king's promise. And I believe he pointed back at David. And the Bible says this, in our text here in verse 1 tonight, David said, Is there yet any left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? David desired, listen now, to extend grace to a member of Saul's family. And by the way, if you know anything about history, that's an amazing thing in light of what new kings normally did when they came to power. When a new king came to power, they were not looking to extend grace to their... <laughs> to their predecessors, uh, uh, listen, uh, children and their family, uh, they were looking to totally eradicate the families and so that nobody could launch a claim for the throne. They did not want an uprising, somebody that would be endeared to the heart of the former leader's children, and so therefore they come in and destroyed everybody. The last great king of Assyria, his name was Ashurbanipal. And they, history tells us whenever he came that he mutilated, executed the bodies of his rivals, and would feed them to dogs as part of his first official act of king. They destroyed anybody, listen to me, that could have been a threat to their kingdom. But you know what? By the way, what he did when he stepped in would have been justice. But what David did when he stepped in was what we would consider grace. David had the right to execute judgment, but you know what? He chose to demonstrate grace Instead, David did not show Mephibosheth uh, mercy for his sake, but because of a promise that he made to his father. Let me just say this to you. It was a faithful promise that he made. Back in 1 Samuel chapter uh, 20 and verse 14, Jonathan and David are having a conversation. And he said, you know, is your dad going to show me favor? And he's trying to give him a scenario as if to this happens, and you'll know, David, this is your answer. And here's what he says to him in 1 Samuel 20 verse 14. He said, Thou shalt not only while I live show me kindness of the Lord that I die not, but also thou shalt not cut off thy kindness from my house forever. And he goes on to say, uh, listen, so Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, and David did this. David told Jonathan, he made a covenant with Jonathan. He said, I promise you something, I'm not going to cut your house off. I'm going to be good to your remnant. He made him a promise, and by the way, David made him a faithful promise. Hey, aren't you glad tonight there's some faithful promises in this book that God's made us? Well, I've known some people that are liars. By the way, I've looked in the mirror and seen one because I've been a liar myself. And I've said things before to people that were not true, but there's never been a time that God said anything that did not come to pass. He's faithful that promised. And every promise in this book, listen, that was given to you, it's a faithful promise tonight. And when you need it, sometimes you can reach in deep and grab a hold of those things and you'll find... They're faithful promises, but I want to say this to you tonight. It was not only a faithful promise, it was a fulfilled promise. Because in verse 1 of chapter 9 of our text tonight, I love this. Look back with me if you would in your Bible. We're going to stay right here. David said this. And David said, help me now, is there yet... What's the next word? Talk to me now, church. Is there yet what? You got to look at that word right there. David said, is there any? 
David decides to extend grace without any limits whatsoever, Brother Gordon. He stepped in and he said, is there anybody left of the house of Saul that I may show them kindness for Jonathan's sake? It was his predecessor. It was his bitter enemy. But David stepped in and he said, if there's anybody left, I'm looking to show grace. I'm looking to show favor to anybody that remains of the house of Saul and my friend Jonathan. David was not looking for a certain criteria. Oh, he was looking for anybody, listen, that was available to show grace to. And by the way, God does that for the descendants of Adam. Hey, God is not looking for anybody that fits a certain criteria or a a particular mold. God is looking for anybody whosoever wills what the Bible says. That's who God was looking for. Today when I got out of the car, Brother Caleb, I went into my hotel. I stood right in front of the door, and when that sensor saw me, the doors opened immediately, and I walked in. Hey, a tenant didn't come out from the hotel and begin to ask me about my reputation and how I lived a good life today. She didn't begin to ask about my resources and how wealthy was I. She didn't say, what ethnicity or race are you before you come in our hotel? She didn't ask those questions. They, the Sensor saw me, the door opened, and I went in. It was whosoever will. And by the way, that's the way it works with God. He's looking for anybody that he can show grace to. And aren't you thankful tonight you're a recipient of that grace? By the way, if you're sitting in church on a Friday night, there's a good chance you're a recipient of God's grace. He showed that to you, and it was a, listen, it was a promise. And I believe he looked at his son and said, Son, I'm going to tell you something. You could have had a different story had it not been for the king's promise that he made. But then I want you to see secondly tonight in verse 3, I believe that Mephibosheth told Micah he said you could have had a really different story had it not been for the king's pursuit. And oh he said son let me tell you in my life in verse 3 the Bible says is there any of the house of Saul? And they said yeah the the servant said "Uh, there is a son that he has that's lame on his feet. And the king said well where is he? And he begins to investigate about where Mephibosheth was, and put yourself, by the way, for just it's good sometimes for you to use your imagination when you read your Bible. Because oftentimes we read the Bible with the end in mind, and we already know the story, and so it means nothing to us. But let me help you for just a minute. Sometimes put yourself in real-time reality of what's going on in this, in this boy's life. Mephibosheth is in a mess. Okay, he is destitute of all things good in his life, and I'm going to say some things about him. But first of all tonight, listen, he was lame. The Bible says that in 2 Samuel 4, 4, his father was killed and the news came and the nurse scooped him up and in listen, an effort to evacuate, she trips and falls and drops this boy and he was permanently damaged as a result of that in his legs and the Bible says was lame in his feet, was not able to walk. And you know what, when he was five years old when this happened, and so here is what you understand about Mephibosheth. Listen to me for just a minute. All he's ever known his whole life is brokenness. It's all he's ever known. He's never known what it was like to look over at somebody else and just see them walk without any effort at all. All he's ever known is brokenness and lameness for his whole life. By the way, you know, when I see people that have experienced those things, sometimes my heart empathizes for them. But you know what? You see a young man here, and all he's known is brokenness. I'm going to tell you in this life, I know there's some people, and all they've ever known is brokenness. A broken heart, hey, a broken home, listen, a broken life, and just lameness. Now, we sit here tonight, and for the most part, that's not our story, 
Our story could have been so much different, but he was lame, and all he knew was brokenness. Let me say this. He was longing. He's living in a place called Lodabar, a place of no pasture, of no bread, a land without anything. Listen, he has no access to the wealth of his fathers, that he might be a part of that. He is afraid of his existence. That One day he's been warned, David's coming for you. The king's coming for you, son, and it's not going to be good. He's warned of that. Let me just say this to you. He lives in misery every day of his life. Sister, will you, will you put up that first picture for me if you don't care? This woman's name right here is Shannon Hughes. And Shannon is a, a faithful member of our church. And she's a wonderful testimony of God's grace. Years ago, not very many years ago because I'm still very, very young, but years ago, uh, we went to school together in junior high. Crazy. And I remember seeing Shannon there, and I didn't know her great back in school, and so we just would cross paths from time to time. And then back in 2019, I saw a woman come to the doors of our church, and I looked at her, and she comes straight to me, and she said, do you remember me? It took me back for a minute, and when she told me her name and told me where she went to school, man, it, I mean, it clicked in my head, and I said, Shannon? She said, yeah. And you know what? She began to tell us her story. Let me say this about Shannon. She lived in, a, in an abusive relationship after she got out of high school. Got involved in the wrong kind of relationship. That's why you ought to be so careful who you get involved with. Who you get involved with. And she got involved in this relationship. It was just a terrible thing. And in the midst of all that, um, and the abuse back and forth, she had children. And she said, eventually, I lost, I lost all my kids. Kids were taken out of the home. Her life was a miserable wreck. And listen, she'd made all these wrong choices and eventually social services come in and took her kids. Hey, the things that meant the most to her in the world was stripped away from her because of her life. And she said, at that point, I got hooked on drugs and so went down a path, a dark path that I'd never thought I'd be on in my life. She said, got addicted to drugs and listen, was arrested over 13 times and was in prison four different times. I'm going to tell you, if you see Shannon, she's not... Uh, She's not somebody that you'd want to meet, you know, on the side street corner and, uh, you know, have a word with. I'm afraid uh, you'd probably get hurt if that's the case. But she said just misery, prison, hate drugs, addiction. You know what she'd ever, all she'd ever known was misery. All she'd ever known, listen, was a longing. But I'm going to tell you what happened. Listen, on June the 2nd, 2019, she walked into our church. You know what? And she met Jesus. Why not you show the next picture if you would? You know what? Now, Shannon's a picture of the grace of God and what the Lord's done in her life. And listen, she goes all over the place and gives her testimony. A couple, couple uh, Wednesday nights ago, she sang in our church just about the goodness of God. You know what? She, you know what she, all she ever known was a life that was broken, listen, that was battered. Hey, I mean, she had been a wreck, lost her kids, I mean, drugs, and it looked like incarceration. And by the way, she's still dealing with a lot of things, but today she's got joy like she's never had it before because Jesus got involved in her life. And I'm going to tell you, he's still doing that today. God is still liberating people that are in a mess. And by the way, that's what happened to Mephibosheth, man. Uh, the, uh, the, the Bible, the King David said, go and fetch him. And listen, they showed up at his door and said, hey, bud, the king's looking for you. And you know what Mephibosheth thought? He, I mean, all he had was fear. He thought, oh, the day's finally come. I'm going to be met with death. But you know what? Instead, he was met with grace. 
And we see this in the Bible. Look in verse 7, if you will. The Bible says, uh, tells us Mephibosheth's reception. In verse 7, And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan, thy father's sake. And listen, when he anticipated judgment, instead he got grace. You know what you ought to get tonight in the judgment of God? Let me just help some of you, listen. Fix yourself up real good and handsome tonight and come to church. You deserve judgment. You think, wow, what an encouraging message. It's the truth. Hey, we deserve the judgment of God. But you know what you got instead? Because he's good grace. You got grace tonight. Hey, and that was his reception. And then the Bible tells us in verse 8, Mephibosheth's response, and he bowed down and said, What is thy servant that you'd look upon a dead dog as I am? You know what he said? He just walked around and really, he said, I can't believe that you'd treat me this way. I can't believe you'd receive me the way that you have. And some of us, our problem is this, Brother Kevin, we've just been saved so long that we just think now when we step up in the house that God ought to, God ought to roll the red carpet out because we're here. And what you ought to do every now and then is drop, your, hey, drop down on your face on an altar and say, Lord, I can't believe that you'd show grace on a dead dog like me. A dead dog. That's what you are. Listen, you're no better than one that's been run over and swole up on the side of the road. You're nothing. But you know what? God showed grace to you tonight. And sometimes I get so saved that I forget that. I get so sanctified in my heart that I forget who I was and where I was. Hey, I wasn't deep in it, but I was deep enough to go to hell. And when he found me, I got grace. And I never need to forget that's what he did in my life. And I believe the people said, look, and said, son, you'd have had a different story had it not been for the king's Hey, had it not been for the king's pursuit, then let me say this, boy, we're getting close to eating pizza and all God's people said, amen. Help us now. Look, look, I believe he sent him down and said this, Micah, son, your life, your story would have been so different had it not been for his promise. It would have been so different had it not been for his pursuit and him coming after me. And then I believe he said this, hey, you'd have had a really different story had it not been for the king's provision. Oh, listen now, listen now. Uh, verse number seven, David said unto him, fear not. At the end of the verse, he tells him this. He said, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. Look at verse 10. At the end of verse 10. But Mephibosheth, thy master's son, shall eat bread always at my table. Look at verse 11. As for Mephibosheth, the king said, he shall eat at my table. Verse 13. For he did eat continually at the king's table. Don't you notice the source of his provision? Four times the Bible tells us this, that Mephibosheth is going to eat from the king's table. What, hey, don't miss this. This is wonderful. This implies that every need is going to be met at the resources of the king. In other words, you can say it like this. Everything Mephibosheth had in his life was because of King David. Everything he had in his life was because the king showed grace to him and showed mercy to him. And tonight, can I just help some of you? Every wonderful thing you have in your life is because of the king. Is because of him. It's not because you're educated. It's not because, listen, of your ethnicity. It's not because of you live in America. It's not because of any good family you're born into. It's because of the king stepped into your life. And every good thing you got in it, if you got your health tonight, it's because of him. If you got your family tonight, it's because of him. If you're saved tonight and got joy in your life, it's because of him. Every good thing's because of him. And every now and then, you ought to just, hey, you ought to just stand up, man, and get excited about that thing. And rejoice in the fact that he did that for me. 
It's all from Him. Every good thing's in His hand. Every good gift, every perfect gift coming down from the Father of lights. Listen, in whom is no shadow of turning? There's no variableness in Him. He did that for you. That's amazing. It's amazing. Again, I think sometimes our biggest problems, we're so saved, we forget about it. We see the source of His provision. Then we see this the stability of His provision. Uh, I'm interested in this word that shows up a few times, the word continually. In verse 7, he shall eat bread at my table continually. Verse 10, the Bible says, But Mephibosheth, thy master's son, shall eat bread. Notice the word, always. Verse 13, for he did eat bread, he did eat continually at the king's table. You know what? There was not a day in Mephibosheth's life where he ever knew want after he met the king. He provided for him continually. The psalmist said it like this, He daily loads me with benefits daily you know what you ought to do every now and then sometimes you ought to just do something different when you talk to God and not just be so uh, for lack of a better term you know just so mechanical and so robotic every now and then what you ought to do in your life is just walk around listen and you ought to just take a pen and piece of paper and take inventory of all he does for you every day you'd be surprised at what God does in your life on a daily basis And if you start taking inventory of all the good things that he's done for you, now I promise you this, we're we're very quick to take note of all the bad things that happens in our life. And by the way, sometimes the bad is, listen, it's legitimate, it's justified, it's terrible. And listen, it's there and sometimes that's all we can see. But every now and then, you ought to just continually see the good things God puts in your life. The daily installments of his provision and of his goodness, listen, that you get, you say, no, 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 not, not me, preacher, yeah, you. Yeah, you, as an individual, he's been so good. And it's a continual thing that God does in our life. Micah's just sitting there. Wow, it's kind of cool, Dad. He said, so everything we have is because David. He said, yeah, everything we have, son, is because of the king's provision. It's because, of his, it's because he come after me, son. I believe he said, hey, had he not come after me, your life, your story would have been so much different. Let me close tonight and I'll say this. I believe he said to him, son, you'd have had a really different story had it not been, (laughs) this is my favorite one, had it not been for the king's perception. Look at verse 11. Then said Ziba unto the king, according to all that my lord the king hath commanded his servant, so shall thy servant do. As for Mephibosheth, I like that, said the king, he shall eat at my table, watch this little phrase, as one of the king's, what does it say? Sons. You see, the king didn't see him for what he used to be. He saw him for who he'd become, a child of the king. Can I say this to you tonight? Because the king saw him, I said the king's perception, because the king saw him as one of his sons, his favor was different. You see, he wouldn't treat like one of the servants was. He was treated like a son. And how many of you know you're good to somebody else's kids? I mean, look, I nearly let Link stab my eye out today with a fork. I love him. I mean, we're close. you got to be good to somebody's kid if you're going to let them, you know, take your eye. But I'm going to tell you this. As good as I'd be to somebody else's kid, it's nowhere the favor that I would show to my own. And you think about that. You think about that out of all the people in the world, hey, that you're a child of the king. And you're not just, listen, you're not just some insignificant in this world. By the way, we're all the creation of God. We most certainly are not all the children of God. 
I mean, there, that's a false doctrine if there ever has been one peddled in this world. We're all God's creation, but God's children's a different story when you become part of his family. You know what I see? I see that man Mephibosheth, and listen, even uh, that, that little grandson is treated so much different because of the way the king sees him. And by the way, let me see this to you. Uh, let, let, let me say that not only his, is his favor different, but his future so much different. Micah, listen, would have probably lived in Lodabar, probably would have lived and died in Lodabar had it not been for the king coming after his daddy. And I don't know where along the line it happened for you, but you ought to just trace your heritage and find out when was it God stepped into my story. I wonder, when was that in your life? I remember, listen, uh, that my dad, listen, my dad walked into an old building that we used to have in our church, 19 years old, owned drugs. And God got a hold of his heart that night as a 19-year-old young man. You know what God did? God stepped into my story that night. I wasn't even born yet, but God put himself in my family. You know what? Hey, my story began to change. Again, I wouldn't even have thought yet. But God knew down the road I was coming, and my story could have been so much different had he not stepped into it. Hey, I wonder what would your story be tonight? Thank you again for listening to the Calvary Road Baptist Church podcast. If you would like to learn more about our church in Shepherdsville, Kentucky, you can find the link to our website in the show notes to www.calvaryroadbaptistchurch.com. We're so thankful that you've taken the time to listen to today's sermon, and we hope that the Lord will use it to edify you in the faith. If you'd like to help spread the word about this podcast, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts or by telling a friend. Thank you again, and have a blessed day in the Lord. Thank you.